to Rebel Assault live stream. I'm your host, Marquis Devereaux, coming to you with politics. We are a political podcast that speaks with real people in real time about real issues. We are on um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We also are on 11 other platforms. You can watch us on Facebook. As well as YouTube, and our numbers are going up, up, up. We are listener supported. So feel free to contribute to us on one of the anchor platforms, Patreon or Twitch. Being said, I have with joining me today Ms. Cherokee Black, who is a media personality author, and she is also someone who is a former magazine editor. Hello, Cherokee. How are you feeling? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you for having me. And I, I'm, I'm loving your colors. Uh, unfortunately, our listeners can't see what you look like, but you're, you're, we're, we are, we're all in uh, some form of blue today, it looks blue, like. Blue, yes, serenity. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe we need a little bit of serenity this week with what we have going on in politics. I'd like to say hello to Mr. Kirk Adair. Returning, he is a long, loyal champion. He is a person who was in the British Army. Did I get that right? You did. British Royal Army. Oh, this is the British Army. That, that's, that's fine. Nothing was said. So I'm assuming that's right. Uh, he is also someone who is a historian and author, and he's also worked in the field of film with documentaries. Kirk Adair, how are you doing? Fine. How are you? Not bad. Uh, Mr. Samuel Kachera. He is an entrepreneur. He has lived in Asia. He's lived in Australia. And now he's joining us in North America. He is quick to tell you that he has been away for 20 years, but now he is here. And my, what a political climate you have come into, Mr. Samuel Kachera. Good afternoon, everybody. So as we come into today's topic, defund the politicians. Now we are talking. There has been talk going around saying to defund the police. And defunding the police in the mind of the right police force. Samuel, would you agree with that statement? Does that read that way to you? Sorry, man. You paused, and therefore I didn't get your question. Well, that's unfortunate. Again, the question was, the subject is defund the politicians. Now we are talking. Am I clear on that? The yes, question is, you can't I paused you're, again? Yeah, you're in and out. Uh-huh. Oh, dear. Good. Because that means we can't do a show if I'm coming in and out. Right. <laughs> Let's try this again. Uh, the subject, defund the politicians. Now we are talking to a cycle where everyone seems to understand and that police are going to be defunded. And in defunding the police, everyone thinks we won't have a police force. Samuel, would you say that's your understanding? That is my understanding. Okay. And Cherokee Black, would you say that is your understanding? Defund the police, get rid of the police force. 
I, I don't believe that we should get rid of the police force. I think that the, uh, the, the police force is militarized. I think that they need retraining. And I think that they should go back to when policing was community-based. I think that the police should live near where they're policing and that they should have a relationship with the community. When I was growing up, the police knew the families. We knew them by name. And there was a congenial relationship with the police department. Now, and, and the kids had respect for them because the police interacted with them. We need to go back to community police. Defunding them is not going to do any good. They need to have a relationship with the youth because mm. that, the youth will respect them and they will grow up to respect them. I grew up in a neighborhood where my brother and several of his friends were in the police academy and several, my brother died, but several of them are, became police. One of them is an FBI agent. They, we respect law enforcement mm -hmm. because we grew up with them and they had, they had a relationship with us. You make some very, very good points. And um, it's funny that we're talking about the police, Kirk Adair, because government is divided and the people are basically united in protest. And there are some people that are very, very unhappy about the protests. Uh, on Fifth Avenue, a mural was painted, Black Lives Matter, and three different times, paint has been thrown at the mural. So blue lives matter, all lives matter, black lives matter, maybe no one's life matters. But we know that politicians are funded uh, well enough that they can sustain themselves in the U.S. and they're funded for a lifetime. You know, they get a pension. Police get pensions. Kirk Adair, why do you think we fund politicians for a lifetime? Well, funding the politicians the way they do is supposed to in, in, in just a form of respectability where they're working for the public. They're not working for the public. They're working for their... Uh, they're working for their major funders. They're working for their the people that uh, support them. Uh, Lobbyists. Special interests. They're working for special interests. And the Tax. idea is uh, they need to, the funding needs to be rethought. They need to get money out of politics and they need to limit the, uh, the amount of time that anybody can spend in public office. Once that's done, I think that things will move ahead. But until that, it's a gravy train for them and they don't care. And they'll tell you whatever they want to hear in order to get reelected, and mm. then do and then do exactly what their corporate sponsors want them to do, which is why we're in the situation we're in now. You know, I've been watching a lot of videos this week on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, I'm looking at Elizabeth Warren; she's challenging the banking industry. I'm looking at Alexander Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, who has been challenging everybody on the right and, and and they're asking pertinent questions um both of these politicians sort of get in the crosshairs of the right because of this fact um but samuel let me ask you do you think that a president uh and trump calls himself a billionaire do you think a president should maintain uh, lifelong protection so that was started back in uh, 1965 and it continued until 1996. Um, I forget the president who, who put that in place. May have been Theodore Roosevelt. Um, anyway, 
that was an, until 1996, and then it was rescinded by 1997. It, it was it was reduced down to 10 years. So um, those would have been the Clinton years, right? So Clinton missed out. Um, in 2013, um, Barack Obama put it back, but and he did it for his predecessor George Bush, for himself and for any other president moving forward. Um, so that, you got to ask your boy Barack, why did he do that? Maybe he was on an ego trip. Maybe he just wanted it. Not sure. But it was, it was stopped in 1997 and brought down to 10 years, not lifelong. I think, it's interesting. Someone, I think it was you. I think what, maybe it was you who mentioned. Maybe, maybe it was you who mentioned um, uh, the vice president gets it for 10 years, gets a secret service protection for 10 years. Maybe it was you. Um, in it, our, it would not have been programs. me. No? I, someone, that someone was ago. last week, right? Or the week yeah, that was last week. Was that you? Yeah. Was that you, Church? Yeah. yeah. No. No? No. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> I don't remember uh, who it was, but I do remember the conversation. Well, it, it, well then it had to be Julius. Um, well, we know that Teddy Roosevelt was not president in 1965. Okay, well, whoever uh, it was. Okay, those would have been the uh, Johnson years. So be it. And... I, I think it was Eisenhower, maybe. That's that's what I think. I think it was I Eisenhower who said it. Okay, and uh, production has sent me a um, a fact sheet, which, um, you know, Samuel, if you want to read some of that, I'll let you read it. I, I chose to just jump back and make the correction on these years. But to be quite frank with you, I don't, you're reading me these facts, as, as you've read them, I don't know any year that a president has not been protected for a lifetime. So my question to you was, should a president maintain lifelong protection? I didn't get a clear answer there. Personally, I think that, um, I think 10 years is sufficient. I'm not sure why they need lifetime. Um, I think 10 years is more than enough. 10 years maximum, you say. Cherokee, do you agree? I agree, though they're already um, privileged. So, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> I mean, you know, the, their, their, their pay comes off the back of the taxpayers. Why should we pay their upkeep when we're struggling ourselves? Right. Like, right. they have Okay. And you know. um, if lobbyists and cor corporate interests are paying, why should we pay? And I think that's a good question for you, Kurt. Well, I think we should be paying, and I think that the lobbyists and corporate interests should be cut out entirely, immediately. Yeah, um, if we have a choice, you're right about uh, that. Because they're the rot in the apple. They're the, they're the major problem. I mean, right. every one of his appointees right now, you know, it's like, it, it's tough to like the guy because everybody that's an appointee right now has, is a special interest. And, they're, and you know, uh, one of the most... One of the most heinous of them is Betsy DeVos. Yeah, just, <laughs> but I mean, absolutely despicable. And the brother is in charge of the NRA. Um, so Whose brother? Betsy DeVos's brother is is. Um, sorry, Wayne Lafayette. Her brother is um, uh, a contractor. He's in charge of of, of like a black ops contractor corporation. Mm -hmm. um, what? And it's it's just it's appalling, you know. And the, the uh, I mean, it, it seems to get worse and worse. So I mean, the politicians shouldn't be defunded, but they should immediately 
um, work, everyone should be working to get money out of politics. So I'm happy to hear you say that. And when Samuel and I are having debates, when we talk about Elizabeth Warren, when we talk about Alexandria, we call her AOC, and the young lady from California, um, I don't have her name in front of me, uh, but she is, she comes at them with bingo boards, she comes at them with uh, facts, figures, and she kind of corners them. Uh, she is a new, she's a freshman congresswoman from California. I want to ask you guys, um, defunding the politicians, let, let, let me just backtrack here for a second. Usually on this show, when we have people on, we look at things from the left or the right. And typically what I find is that when there's a problem, it usually comes from government. Samuel, would, would you agree uh, with me? You, uh, you disconnected again. You have you to ask keep, the question. You keep coming in and out, Marky. Okay, I don't know what to do. Um, and if push comes to shove, I'll just stop recording. Uh, I'm going to try this one more time. So the question was, usually I find that a problem comes from government. From the left or from the right. Samuel, would you agree with me with that statement? I guess it would depend on the problem that you're talking about. Can you okay. give me examples? What's in your mind? What Kirk Adair stated about removing lobbyists and corporate interests from politics, would you agree with that statement? That that's an, an approach that the United States should take? Um, yeah, I guess I, I think I would. I think I would agree. I think that... Um, it's bad because their contributions, you put, you termed it as pay, payment. Um, but they're looking at- Pay to play? Well, yes and no. Uh, it's a contribution. That contribution does sway decisions, uh, good or bad, but it just sways it in the direction of who's paying the most, and that's crap. So uh, if there was a way to curb that, then yeah, I would agree. That, so, that but to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that all problems are coming from the government. So when we talk about defunding the police, the police are recognized as law enforcement and the laws are created by our government. And Cherokee makes some very, very good points that if we didn't have law enforcers, but if we had community officers, safety officers, people that protected the safety of the community as a whole, we might not be in this mess. So, um, Kirk Adair, give that's me a little not, bit of- That's not, there's still police officers that go through the academy, but they're, 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 not, they're not safety officers. Those are people that work in schools and stuff like that. They're still the police department. What has happened since Giuliani maybe before that, maybe after that, but Julian changed the, the concept of policing. He started doing sweeps where he would collect people off the street and arrest them um, for, 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 you know, from certain neighborhoods, um, certain black neighborhoods, things like that. The, when, I, when, I, when I was, that would never happen. The community, it's about, the police officers are trained to protect the community. 
Okay. They should have a relationship with the community. So the reason why my language changed, because I believe the role of the police needs to change. And the mindset of policing means that we are going out looking for lawbreakers. But what if the police were just in place to maintain the safety of the community? The laws change constantly. Uh, and what, we, what we're finding here in the United States is that the lawbreakers are usually black, brown, or poor. Sometimes no, all of the they're, they're, they're white also. We're just not given those statistics in the media because it's about demonizing black people and, and creating a, 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 a thing of fear. Like, oh my okay. God, you know, they, you know, they, I have friends that are white that the things that they're posting on Facebook are offensive to me because they believe the stereotype. So, the, the response usually from the right or from law enforcement is that all lives matter and blue lives matter, which takes us back to the whole Black Lives Matter issue. And what I'm noticing is that it seems that when you are advocating for Black lives, somehow that is anti-law enforcement. Uh, Samuel, is this something that you find that happens frequently on the right in your observation? Uh, in my observation, since racism and being a racist is a big topic today, I think that when I think that whenever we call out one race for anything, if it's in a if it's in a positive light, you're not racist. But if it's in a negative light, then you're racist, right? So if you are depicting Black Lives Matter as being the only life that matters, is that not being racist? No. This check this out. If you, if you, no, no. This go, is go, how I feel about go, it. Go, 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 if go, you, go. if you, if you have a problem with Black Lives Matter, but you approve of Blue Lives Matter, then your issue is you have a problem with the word black, and that's okay. the situation. All so, lives do matter, but if Black Lives had equality and economic parity, we would not have to make you know that we matter. Okay, but That's see, the but the way that you're talking right now about Black Lives Matter and saying oh, economic no, parity, and yeah, you're saying economic parity and all that. Okay, yeah. great. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. But then, but then, if you go to the the organization, it wasn't about that. It was about originally. It was about um, police, was brutality. police brutality. Police brutality, right? Right. Right, but it that's not what you just. But that's not what you just. But that's not what you just. So and, I'm gonna. And at this point, they've been infiltrated by Antifa and other organizations anyway. So it's really kind that. of discombobulated. And yeah, I don't so, see the sense in writing uh, "Black Lives Matter." If I may check for a second. America. Yeah. If I may. Um, Gotta let finish the thought. At one point I'm sorry, in time. Sam. <laughs> at one point in time, Rosa Parks was demonized. At one point in time, Martin Luther King was demonized. And at one point in time, Malcolm X has been demonized. Now we see these people in a completely different light. As a matter of fact, Al Sharpton was demonized. And now he's a correspondent on NBC. And he makes quite uh, prophetic statements 
and I'm amazed at his ability to articulate uh, some of the issues in, in, you know, in regards to the black cause. I'd like to ask you, you were, you grew up in the UK, in the United Kingdom. How does that, how does that uh, nation, how do those nations deal with this type of topic? Uh, you know, colonialism is obviously something that's been a big history in regard with the UK. How do they deal with this? What, what's the approach of the UK? In what way, Marquis? What are we talking about? It, you know, it, it, we're, 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 we're talking about uh, people being very uncomfortable with Black people saying we're not being treated equally. Very uncomfortable. If we say we need to advocate for ourselves, that's what was happening in the civil rights movement, hence attack dogs and hoses. And today, people are simply saying, let me do a silent protest. And we, we demonized Colin Kaepernick. And now they're saying, okay, well, I, I can't make a silent protest. Let me make my voice heard and we're being demonized again. So I'd like to know how the UK deals with race relations of this type, because we know that you guys have issues there in the UK. We know we have issues globally, but I'd like to know how another country would respond. Well, not having lived there for, for a while, I can't tell you about what's going on right now, except that the police, they've taken a, a, um, they've taken a leaf out of the American uh, book and armed the police. When I grew up, the police were not armed. They lived in the neighborhoods. They knew everybody. It's exactly what uh, Cherokee was saying that, you know, the police were polite. They, uh, all of them had to be graduates, college graduates. Uh, <sighs> they had to, you know. Unheard of. They were, they were, they were bright, they were polite. Um, they were very well trained and very well disciplined. Um, when it came to colonial issues, on the other hand, um, Britain did not have a sterling record. I mean, for instance, Gandhi's protests in India were nonviolent, and um, generally, for the most part, the military stood by to support the civil, that is to say, the army supported the police, and if there was rioting, uh, then the army moved in, but the army was not dressed in flak vests and all this other crap that, that you see here that looked like stormtroopers. Uh, they were armed, but right. generally, generally they were armed with lathies, which are bamboo poles that um, if people were rioting, they got smacked with a bamboo pole. When I was in Hong Kong, <laughs> it sounds like China. Well, when I was in Hong Kong, there were um, protests, but for the most part, they were peaceful, and the police and the army stood by and just observed it, and they, and they went ahead with their protests. Now, right now, of course, Hong Kong has been inundated by the Chinese who are using basically Nazi methods. I mean, people just disappear. They shoot them. Um, they, they drag them away. They're, they're, they're put on boxcars and taken away for uh, um, organ harvesting. I mean, it's, it's appalling. But with um, Britain did not have an outstanding- I, I, I heard organ, uh, could you repeat that again? I wanna make sure the audience heard that. Organ harvesting? Organ harvesting. The Chinese take political dissidents away and harvest their organs with no anesthesia while they're alive. Done. Now, Ooh. if I say that 
And if anybody says that, according to Chinese law, as of this week, we can be arrested for saying anything negative about China. But we can't say enough negative about the Communist Chinese Party at all, period. That is, that is a state of political uh, fascism that we in the West cannot and should not ever uh, have anything to do with. But to answer your question, uh, Samuel, the, okay. uh, the British policy overseas with colonial riots was not a good one um, right. at all. And um, right now, the, the position in the UK, from what I can gather, is they're handling it a little bit better than the United States, um, but not much. Okay. And I think it needs to improve. The police need to live in the neighborhoods, everything that Cherokee was saying, and they need to be trained because the, the standard for recruiting police is much lower and very low in this country. And I don't know, his, his sound seems to be coming in and out a little bit, and it could be on my side. I'm not sure, but I, I got most of what you said. So Samuel, I want to jump over to you. Um, protests. Protests are a global form of people that don't have a voice of being heard. As a matter of fact, uh, the Boston Tea Party, from what I know, is the first form of protest in the United States on record. And the right has a political party called the Tea Party. Does anything that Kirkadir says resonate with you right now? Uh, these people that identify as African-American and or black, and you are one of those people. Does anything that he says, first of all, resonate with you? A few things, but going with the, um, going with the police, for, for Kirk and, 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 and Cherokee, um, my view is this. Uh, you're talking about having the police in the neighborhood, the safety officers or whatever, and I, I agree with it. I really do. But what happened 50 years ago, 60 years ago, 20 years ago is different than what's happening today. And we know Gee. that we know that little kids carry guns. I mean, it just happens. It's a school uh, in the neighborhoods. Little kids are getting but shot. But we're a gun culture. Okay, we're, we're a gun, gun culture. culture. That's right. So imagine My second have, amendment rights. That's right. So imagine if you have someone in the street getting funky, they got a gun, and a safety officer, unprotected, unshielded, is just going to roll up and say, hey. No, no, no. They have guns. They're trained. Another thing, policemen used to, they went to college. They, they dumbed down the tests. These, anybody, a thug, a thug from uptown and, and, and a white racist from Long Island can become cops without education because they dumbed down the tests. Okay. They need to. They need to. They need to uplift the, the standards again, so that they get quality people in the police force. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see that. And it's not safety officers. They should have guns. But my point is, they never. They rarely had to use them because they had a relationship with the community. You know. And it's not just black neighborhoods that the kids are armed. They're armed in white neighborhoods too. We don't right. read about them shooting up churches and stuff like that as much as we read about what happens in the Bronx and Harlem. Not disputed, Matt. You're right. You're right. Now, going, going to what Kirk said about 
um, carrying batons. They were made of bamboo and things. Yeah. Right. When I was in England, they didn't have guns. They had sticks. Okay. And, well, and everybody respected them. How are you doing today? That kind of thing. When I, when I say, how are you doing to the police in my neighborhood, they look at me weird. And then one might say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> like, they, you know, you're being courteous to them. And they're like, they're standing there like, yeah. So Cherokee Black, you're saying five. there's a disconnect. There's a definite disconnect between the police and the community. Yes, definitely. Uh, the statements that you've made today are, 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 are quite profound because essentially you're saying the police are being educated differently. You, all of they're you not, are saying... Not, they're not being educated. They're coming out of high school and taking the test and becoming police officers. They're not okay. going to college. My, my brother went to college and studied criminal justice and other subjects. You know, um, the police officers used to, they couldn't live outside of the five boroughs or Nassau County. They lived nearby. Right. So they knew the okay. community. But Turkey, you know, now, you they also... live, now they live upstate and they but drive Turkey. in. They can live in Philadelphia and drive in. That's not community policing. All right. But, but can you also... Can you also roll with someone who just has good intentions as a police officer? They, they could have been a kid, went through the high school. The police officers that, I'm sorry, the police officers that have good intentions when someone has a knee in someone's neck, if they're good cops, they should say, wait a minute, ease up on him. You're being too rough. You, you know, come on. They need to step in and, make, and, and, and change that vibration, change that situation yes. so people don't get dead. Okay, right. I, don't, I right. don't know about good cops if I don't see that action. Right, so then just assume all cops are bad cops. I'm not assuming that they're all bad. I'm just saying when something bad happens, I don't see the good ones. Where are they? So let's They're not on that ship. Let's all agree that law enforcement, and, and I hate to use the word because I, I really do think the, the, the trouble is in the laws, and the police are enforcing the laws. So when one advocates for black lives, why does that become anti-police? Does anyone want to respond to that? I'm going to leave that open. It wasn't anti-it didn't start out. It didn't start out with being anti-police. They were just saying that there is a different policing. Now it's changed because they've been infiltrated. But they it originally they were saying that there is different policing when they arrest a white person as opposed to when they arrest a black person. I can't breathe comes out more than, more than Gardner said, I can't breathe. You know, you can't breathe when there's a knee in your neck. They don't arrest white people like that. They mm -hmm. take them in, they give them, they put them in the police car, they give them a sandwich. You know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's a different thing. <laughs> it's a different thing. You know what I mean? They, right. they, you know, you could blow up a church with children in it or a school. Those I, I, take it, they get arrested, they have a trial, and they go to jail. Black please, people, please whether they get it or not, they don't, they don't get a trial. They just get dead. That's not right. Right. It's, it's uh, so, you know, uh, all of you have traveled internationally except for myself. And one of the things that we spoke of is that African-Americans get treated differently in other countries. Um, is it because the laws are different? Samuel, would you, would you say that the laws in China or Australia are similar to or challenge 
some of what we know as American laws um, when it comes to walking the streets, interacting with police, and um, is it the laws? The laws are not the reason why black people are treated differently in another country. It's people's perception. It's television, it's movies, it's people's perception. Okay. The laws, the laws just mean that, that, that when you're approached by an officer, that you, you get handled the way that they handle it in those countries. Like China, for example, the police officers don't carry guns. Hmm. Right? So because they don't carry guns, they have their way of talking through it. But see, they don't really have a gun problem in China. Right. Being a communist so, country, you disappear. Like Kirk Adair said earlier, you would disappear if, if you're that much of a troublemaker and you're not, um, if you're not sort of hand in hand with the government, you'll disappear. Um, can I say something, please? Please add. Okay. Um, in America because of the stench of slavery and because of the miseducation of American citizens. But do we have are, to talk they, about slavery yes, again? So, it was yes, so long ago. I know you sound like one of my white friends. Listen. Yes. Yeah, we should forget What's about What's the problem? It. I had the nothing problem, to do with slavery. <laughs> the problem is that the, the, because they're not taught history, the real history, if the kids today were taught what really happened, they would grow up with more humility and compassion and we might be able to heal as a country. It really goes to education. It really does. Nothing's gonna change until we are educated properly. Hmm. There's a misnomer about what that, it's like um, one, of your, one of your panelists said, well, slavery wasn't that bad. That's because he wasn't taught about slavery, not, not what really happened. That, that's the miseducation of American students. It's, it's a, it, we have to change that. It starts with education. I'm sorry. Not, none of this is going to change until our children, it's, it's going to be down the line in future generations, but it's not going to change without the proper education. We have, to, we have to add different books to the syllabus so that people can see what really happened. Um, let me ask you, uh, Cherokee Black, are you still registered as a Democratic voter? I do. Kirk Adair, are you registered but as I a Democratic vote, voter? According to my conscience. Understood. Kirk Adair, are you a Democratic voter? I am, but I'm very disappointed with the Democratic Party in so many ways. I agree with uh, Cherokee about education. I think that's a problem. But one thing that has not been addressed, and it's a major, major problem in this country, is the media and film. Look at the number of stories, you know, that go on TV constantly and the only casting that African-Americans get are criminals. That's right. <laughs> That's, no, it's, it's not funny. Calling. It's not All funny. you do is see one after another after another show, or you see, you know, this stuff about, you know, drug running in Miami and blah, blah, blah. It's like back in the day when, they, when, when we would watch cowboy movies and they always killed the Indian. It really yes. is the same racist. Yeah. Really do we is. have to say Indian is just so passive? Well, it's first actually nations. First Nation. It's actually First Nation. Right. But very right. people know that. Okay. Because they're not interested to know what to call people, you know. You so, know. so Samuel, so here we are. We're discussing there's an issue with policing. Um, and there's an issue 
with the laws. And we are in a gun culture. Samuel, what would you say, um, and from what I understand, you voted Democrat up until a point. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. You are a proud Trump supporter, and you strongly feel that he has a direction for this country that is going to change the paradigm. Yes? Yes. Okay. Right now in this current climate, would you say, would you say that Cherokees and Kirk's observations are similar to your own? Which observations? Are we talking about defunding? Are we which observations? We've done a lot of talking here. Would you, would, you, would, you, would you say that what they've said, leaning left, what they've said primarily makes sense to you as a right-leaning voter? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you plan on voting in the presidential election come November? Come November, yes, I will. Yes, and from my understanding, you probably will still support President Trump. Is that correct? Unless something changes, yes. Okay. Um, but I'm not going Biden. That's yes. just crazy. So I know that you and I have had a discussion about Elizabeth Warren, who once ran for president. You and I have had discussions about Alexander Ocasio-Cortez. And um, I, I wonder what it is about women advocating for themselves and what it is about um people who describe themselves as black advocating for themselves makes us so uncomfortable in this country. Could you give me some understanding on some of the things that might agitate you leaning right? Because when we say black lives matter, some people have such a problem with that. And when we say uh, defund the police, and I really wish that was something that wasn't said because that's not what, but I sound like I sound like a Trump voter. Well, that's not what he meant. That's not what they said. And you see how full of full of it I sound right now. But I, I know that's not what they mean, uh, because there would be no one policing anything. Uh, we would have vigilantes. We would have. You broke the law. Let's hang you by a noose. You know, for 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 lack of a better consciousness. Um, but Samuel, repeat. In this moment, you have all of these different cities that are that are being taken over, like the Chops or the Chaz and things like that. And no one is doing anything about it because the mayor who is in control of it isn't allowing anything to be done about it. So, I, and, and, they, and they're protesting, they're writing or protesting. You're talking about which mayor? Um, what's her name? Uh, um, oh. um, Chicago one. Chicago mayor. What's so we're talking about Chicago? Yeah, in Chicago, her city has been taken over. There's right. There's um, uh, she, she she won't allow the federal police to come in and straighten it up. But yet, still, they're still destroying property. They're still rioting. They're still looting. Right. Right. And she won't have her own police calm it down. She calls it peaceful protesting. Okay. What is the obsession with the right in Chicago? What well, is the obsession? I, well, yes. remember, it all started 
because of of um, George Floyd. Like everybody began their peaceful protesting because of George Floyd. As Cherokee put it, and I agree with her, is that they've been in, they've been infiltrated by groups like Antifa. If any others, I don't know, but but Antifa has infiltrated. I I watched a uh, I watched a, a clip on the news where the black officers were actually proud of the peaceful protest that was going on and 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 said that their interaction with the protesters was very calm and peaceful they even hugged but there was always one of these hold on there was always one of these infiltrators who would step up and say what the fuck are you doing hugging this I'm going to jump in here blah 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 right Samuel, and then that's where everything Samuel, goes are back. you aware that the black panther party was infiltrated by the FBI uh, I heard of it yes are you aware that uh, Dr. Uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968 and they link that back uh, to J. Edgar Hoover? Are you aware of that? I'm not aware of that. Okay, so this infiltration that you speak of, is it fair to attack a certain group because another group may be infiltrating that group. Somehow it's getting linked. You've got to. You've got to. You got uh, yes. to you yes. Call it as you see it. Call it as you see it. Yeah. Call it as you see it. So if the peaceful protesters, if they're out there having a peaceful protest legitimately, and yet you've got someone next to you who's throwing things and, and using baseball bats and hitting the police, what are you going to say about it? So where you call do you it think as you see it? Where do you think the baseball bats are coming from? Well, as they said, there was a there was a peaceful protest, a unity protest on the Brooklyn Bridge. I think it was the Brooklyn Bridge the other day, and a black SUV pulled up with a bunch of bats, and the people just started grabbing bats. When the police decided to calm down some some situation, these people with bats came and cracked them over the skulls. Right now, all you had these two police officers with their heads bleeding. Okay, what so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and inform the panel and the audience of a video that is circulating on YouTube uh, from Toronto. And in this video, the police are distributing stones. The police. Exactly one day before a scheduled protest. It is a person of African descent that says to them, why are you putting stones in the street? What are you doing? And if, if I'm not mistaken, the response is in regards to gardening or something like that. It didn't make sense. It was in a median. It was on a busy roadway. And citizens had to come in. This is in Toronto. This is in Canada. And they had to pick up the rocks and heavy rocks, you know, about so big. And they had to dispose of them. But he called out these Toronto officers. What if the same thing is happening in the United States? What if it is? Kirk Adair, do you think what I'm saying is even possible? I think what you're saying is what, possible? In regards to my last statement with Toronto and the rocks? Well, I, yeah, because that's called agent provocateur. 
they're setting up a situation so that they can move in with military force. You know, they, the BRICS, there was a different situation here, that the BRICS were distributed by a large corporation with the idea of undermining, again, it was a Soros thing, where Soros funded it. Um, um, but Soros leans left, and so we're blaming him for this? Because it doesn't, it, no, Soros it doesn't lean left or right. Soros's idea is to undermine the United States government any way possible. Uh, what Soros is doing is, is basically he started organizations and infiltrated them and then funded them to cause riots so that the actual message never gets across. It's you're only concerned with the rioter. That's, that's, it's an undermining of peaceful protests. And I mean, this is, this is not unusual. J. Edgar Hoover did it. Um, there's every possibility. I'm unfamiliar with that story of yours about Canada, but if that's the case, then the police are setting up a situation where they can then move in with military forces and agent provocateur. Supposedly, it's a left-leaning government in Canada, but they have a lot of things to explain in their government because Trudeau is basically a Band-Aid on a lot of problems up there. But that aside, I completely believe that it is possible that there are distinct organizations, possibly some of them the police, to provide a situation for agent provocateur, that is to provide Thanks. a situation for advantaged uh, 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 violence, so that the message of the protest is ignored and the violence is the only thing that's concerned with. So we're down to five minutes. And the subject we it was defund the politicians. Defund the police is what we're hearing in the protests. In reality, we all agree that there needs to be some level of is the problem with the law or is the problem with the order? We're demonizing a group of people advocating for an underserved people. We have politicians, some of whom are advocating for those people and some who are very, very adamant that, listen, let's conserve what we have. Let's protect the status quo. The whole world is erupting into global protests, but somehow we're protesting and the word riot comes in. Doesn't seem like it's by accident. And we as a nation have a lot of healing to do. If our politicians are only in place to protect their jobs, then the people have to hold them accountable. If they don't hold them accountable, we just get the status quo. Hopefully everybody votes in November because this is a very serious situation we have here. I'm your host, Marquis Devereaux, with my co-host, Samuel Kachero. And um, we are going to move into tomorrow's subject, which is Black Families, White Money, and American Crisis. Thank you for tuning in to Verbal Assault Livestream. Every day fly.